What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros podcast. How are y'all feeling? It's officially spring, and I am very interested in this episode and how it's going to go because it's actually a topic that I'm surprised I have yet to talk about, but we are going to be getting all up and through and into rejection on today. If you have been keeping up with your girl on Instagram, then you know I have been going full force into power and pros, full force into speaking engagements. There's some stuff you can't see, of course, like me pitching myself to different conferences and speaking engagements and things like that. But Power and Pros and owning my power and my pros is my main focus in this season. And it's been a lot. I uploaded a TikTok actually this week and it really was just me saying what has, where I'm at, what has happened and where I'm looking to go, but putting it out there publicly to people that I know, people that I don't know. I was like, here we go. And I feel like I keep doing that in the newsletter I've shared and with my friends and family I've shared. Sharing on social media has happened. You know what I mean? On YouTube, there's a video about me being fired, like all of these things. But I hesitate at moments, right, to share certain things or I'm just thinking about the outcome of me stepping into this moment. And what I had to realize and come to terms with is that rejection was trying to bubble up um, in such a way that rejection was trying to guide how I planned, maneuvered, and existed in this era. And I can't allow that. Like I cannot allow rejection to dictate how I move, who I move for, when I move, none of that, because there's no space for it. And if you think about it, rejection is like the cousin of being timid. It is the big sister, little sister of being afraid, of being fearful. And none of those things are gifts from God. None of those things are how we're supposed to walk. And so with me having a little bit of rejection, that's kind of, you know, guiding like, okay, well, if you post that, they're going to rock with it or are they not? Okay. Well, what are people going to say about like, how are you going to explain what's your next step? What are you doing? All of that ain't none of my business. You know what I'm saying? My business is my plan. And now my plan is really from day to freaking day. And then God does the rest. And the people that mess with it, mess with it. And those that do not, do not. And so a lot of times you see quotes and things that are supposed to be encouraging and they are, but it says that rejection is God's protection. And I thought about that as I was thinking about how I've applied for jobs or um, when you're thinking about certain friends that I've had, relationships that didn't happen, right? You're like, okay, well, that is because God has better for me. He has more for me. He sees a future that I can't see. He knows things that I don't know. And so me not getting this opportunity, me not being cool with this person, me not getting this apartment, this house is because God has bigger and better in store. And so that's why I need faith. That's why I need prayer. That's why I got to keep showing up is because he has more. That makes sense when we're talking about outside rejection. I want to talk about when we reject ourselves. What does that look like? How do you reconcile with what God wants, with your experience on this earth when you are rejecting you, when you are telling yourself that you're not going to be successful, when you are stopping yourself from going that extra mile, when you aren't silenced, you are silencing yourself. What happens when that happens, what are we telling ourselves? And so we've talked about scripts that we tell ourselves, right? And narratives that we repeat. And as we repeat them, we start to tell ourselves something that we believe. And it messes with our faith a little bit. Rejection of self is in that same 
vain. And I had to peep that when I'm stopping myself from posting a certain thing or when I am wondering how people are going to perceive something, when I'm getting ready to have a conversation and I'm like, okay, if I share this, how are they going to respond? What are they now going to think? I realized that I was preemptively rejecting myself and I was doing it so that way you can't do it. And that doesn't make sense because I do not know the future. I have no idea to know if rejection is my portion in that way. And if it is, then we go to the quote that rejection is God's protection. Rejection is redirection. But I can't be redirected if I never direct. You feel me? I cannot be guided if I don't choose to go along on the journey. And so as I started to dissect that, I was like, why are you doing that? And it really is that you have more faith that the outcome will not be favorable than you do that the outcome will be favorable. And again, favorable could be that what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're moving, what you're applying for works out as you thought, or it doesn't work out as you thought, but it's guiding you to the thing that will be what it's supposed to be. But either way, it takes action on your part. It takes moving yourself from one space to another space. It takes telling people what you're doing if you are looking for support, right? And so if we reject ourselves, we, yes, are avoiding other people being able to reject us. We are also avoiding support, love, guidance, assurance, clarity, and just fulfillment that we are supposed to seize in this moment. And so I started to write down why I felt that I was doing X thing and where those feelings are coming from. And girl, that's what be my therapist to know. However, I started to also say, okay, how can we combat this? How can we not? One thing is straight up doing the thing, like whatever you are fearful of, whatever you are rejecting yourself of for, for me, it's making the TikToks that I'm making. Then it's like, all right, make the post, right? Let's do that first. But if you zoom out of the actual act, it's also being willing to accept that I can't be rejected. Because of where I come from, because of who I am, I can't be rejected. There's no way that I can be rejected from things that I'm supposed to actually dwell in. There's no way. And I had to go to the good book to make me really believe that because we all have felt rejection and rejection don't feel good. It freaking sucks. It makes you spiral. At least for me, I'd be like, I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how I'm going to come back from this. This is embarrassing. I need to run it high. I need a second. I need a moment. And you, again, start to really change up how you're moving because of that. And so I was reading in Isaiah 41. And um, of course, people always talk about promises from God and how we have so many promises and we have so many things that he calls us. And you got to get an understanding of who God believes that you are so that way you know who you are. And I hear that, but I'm like, well, where are the promises that girl? Like, where do I start? And this is one of the few times where I feel like I read something and it jumped out like, hello, I'm talking to you. This is this is how I view you. And so it's in Isaiah 41, 9 and 10. I brought you from the ends of the earth and called you from its farthest corners. I said to you, you are my servant. 
I have chosen you. I haven't rejected you. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Get into it. And so I underlined a few things, remembering where God has brought and called you from. Sometimes we feel rejected because we're looking at the today. And the today is great because you've made it to the today. We need to understand that there's new mercies and be grateful that we've made it to today. You know what I mean? But remembering where you have come from allows you to be like, okay, I've made it through some things that I could have been rejected for this. I was rejected for that on the outside, but on the inside, my confidence was built on the inside. I found my voice. I found my purpose. I understood what I was supposed to be doing, how I'm supposed to walk, how I'm supposed to talk. And so therefore I wasn't rejected. I was redirected, right? And so you start to get an understanding of that. But then in verse 10, or sorry, then it keeps going in verse nine, you are my servant. If I'm called to serve God, then again, I have to do what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm pros, it's how I'm supposed to do that. And for you, it's showing up in your job. It's showing up in your family. It's showing up however you're supposed to show up. You are serving a bigger purpose than you being accepted by some people, you know? And who is supposed to rock with you will flock. You won't even be able to orchestrate that. Like they will handle it on their own because that is between, that's on God to handle. Feel me? But I have chosen you, understanding that we are chosen by God. And if I'm chosen by God and God has made everything and everybody, then I can't be rejected by anyone. It is impossible because he runs this whole camp. He runs this whole thing. It continues to say, I haven't rejected you, period. I haven't rejected you. And so as I was thinking and considering how am I going to maneuver in this season? What am I supposed to be doing? How do I know it's going to be a hit? Is this the right thing? You know what I'm saying? Is this the right post? Is this the right episode? Whatever. I have to keep coming back to, I haven't rejected you. If you have found this in your hand at all, I haven't rejected your use of it. I haven't rejected the fact that this is a tool that is at your disposal for you to be creative with, for you to explore with. And that brings us clarity and freedom. A lot of people view Christianity as restrictive or something that has too many barricades, too many hurdles for you to jump through. But then on the flip side, when we are given choice, when we're given freedom, when we are told to be creative, when we're told to jump out the window and fly as we choose, we get paralyzed and we're like, oh, I wish God would just tell me what to do. Oh, I wish that I just knew for sure what was going to happen. And so in the middle of that is the knowing that you haven't been rejected. You haven't been rejected. You are chosen to be in this season, to be in this moment, to be on your job, to be not at a job, to be exactly where you find yourself existing. And if you have found yourself chosen for such a space as that, not rejected and being called to serve the season, serve the moment, then we can go on to verse 10. Do not fear. You don't have to have fear when you have an understanding of what's going down. And when you're not fearful, why why are we called to not be fearful? Because God is with us. Then it says again, do not be afraid for I am your God. It gets personal. You're chosen. I haven't rejected you. Don't be fearful because I'm your God. I'm with you. I will strengthen you. Come on. When you feel weak, when you feel like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, this thing seems too big. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand or other translations say my victorious right hand. If God's holding you in his victorious right hand and there's victory in that hand and he's telling you that that's where you at, why not move freely about the cabin of faith? Because you know that you good. There is no reason to be fearful and you are going to be victorious. And I'm talking to me when I tell y'all I'm in my little post, honey. And I got done and I felt really good. I think the video was good. It's good quality. I ain't stressed. I was like, okay, I posted at a decent little time. Boom. I put my phone down. I was watching TV. And then comments started coming in, right? And as the comments came in, they were from people that I actually know, like in real life, that live in the real city that I live in, that walk down the same streets as me. And I was like, oh my gosh, my heart started to beat more. And I started to think about what they think. I started to think about, do I look silly? I started to think about, am I going to be able to sustain this? I started to think about so many things that are beyond my control that were threatening to steal the moment of me stepping out on faith and doing something, of me executing a creative idea and doing it in a way that I was proud of, doing it in a way that I think will inspire and empower other people, doing it in a way that's true to my brand and not me being somebody else and copying their journey and how they create content. Like It was truly a power and prose moment. And of course, in that moment, you have opposition, right? That would come in and try to convince you of something else, an alternative thought pattern, an alternative path, an alternative reality that could be happening in that same space. And I started to think that, yeah, the video's good, but it's not going to connect with anybody. This is just your story. Yeah, you posted it. That's cool. But you know, people can see this, right? Yeah, XYZ. It was like everything that I felt empowered by in the moment. It's like I started to flip it and reject myself. Even though every comment that was coming in was positive, it was uplifting, it was encouraging, I was starting to create a narrative. So that way, if this thing doesn't work out, if I am consistent and I don't see results, that I called it. You wouldn't have to tell me. I called it. And how sad is that? Especially when we have an assurance of an alternative narrative. We have an assurance that we haven't been rejected, that we have help, that we have strength, and that we are chosen. So therefore, do not fear. Do not be afraid. And I kept reading in Isaiah 41, and I got to the verse 17. The poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. I will answer them. I am the Lord, the God of Israel. I will not abandon them. Do you know rejection feels like abandonment? It feels like you are on a island. Everybody got an inside joke and you're the only one not laughing. Like it's like, okay, this does not feel good for real, for real, because how come I missed it? How come I don't get it? How come I, I don't understand what's happening? And in verse 17 here, it's saying that the poor and needy seek water and there is none. Let me tell y'all, I'm needy and your girl feeling poor these days. Okay. Like I need some bread. It's saying that they seek water. And so that, again, is action. Some things aren't just going to come to you. They're not. Some things is going to take you putting some pedals to the metal. It's going to take you having some tenacity. It's going to take you having some mental fortitude and going forward and deciding that you are going to do a thing and you're going to do it to the best of your ability, even though 
everything around you is telling you that you will not be successful. It says that there is none. There is no water. They're searching though. And because of the search, it says, I will answer them. I am the Lord, the God of Israel. I will not abandon them. And so we see that what gets the answer for the subjects here and for us is simply the seek. It's the search. For me, I have no guarantee really, right, that my creative pursuits right now in this season are going to yield the results that I'm desiring. I have no guarantee of that. And yet and still, I want God to find me seeking the water. I want God to find me looking out, even when I'm parched, even if there is no water to be found. I want you to find me on my job. Because that is what gets him to answer. That's what gets him to move. And you get the assurance that he has not abandoned you after all. He wants to see how bad you want it. He wants you to build up your confidence and your faith. He wants your life, what you're doing, to be evidence to other people that he is him. Like he do this for real, for real. And I get that from... As we continue reading, and so I would not abandon them. Then it goes to, I'm going to read 17, uh, sorry, 18 through 20. I will open rivers on the barren heights and springs in the middle of plains. I will turn the desert into a pool and dry land into springs. I will plant setters, acacias, myrtles, and olive trees in the wilderness. I will put juniper trees, elms, cypress trees together in the desert so that all may see and know, consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. And so it says the people was parched, but they're looking for water. Then it continues and it starts talking about what God going to do. So the people, they just searched and they were thirsty and they was hungry and they was poor. But God doesn't abandon them. He answers them. Then he opens rivers and barren places. He turns a desert into a pool. These things are all miracles. These things are all things that you and I cannot do. And our strength, no matter how mighty we try, we will not be able to accomplish the things that God is telling us. He will show up and show out for us by doing. And so again, those are promises. Those are guarantees. Then it says, I will plant. And it starts talking about these different type of trees that the Lord will plant in the wilderness. I don't know if y'all know, but the wilderness is wilderness. There's nothing to be found there. So for God to say that he's going to take where you find nothing and he himself is going to plant some things, he himself is going to have things spring up. And it's not going to be one type of tree because trees have fruit, right? There's multiple branches. So one in the wilderness, that's pretty good. It's better than just it being straight up nothing, right? It's saying here, he's going to plant multiple types of trees in a barren place. And each of those things will have different type of fruit. Each of those things will have different type of roots. Each of those things will be able to feed other people. Each of those things will sprout new trees, right? So it'll be a gift that keeps on giving. And that's something that the Lord will do for us. Why? Verse 20 tells us why. So that all may see and know and consider and understand that the Lord has done this. And so rejection, a lot of times we feel when we are waiting on a result and it seems like it's not coming. When we are waiting on a result and we're not getting the affirmation that we want. When we have a desired outcome and things look like they're turning out different than the thing that we imagined. But I see here a reason 
And God don't owe us a reason for nothing he do. Let me be very clear. Like, there's a lot of things I'm still waiting on the answer for. I'm still like, nah, why you do that? <laughs> but this gives us a reason here today that sometimes God does things so that people see and understand, consider. It even says just to consider that he real, just to consider that he's done it. That's why he moves through our lives. And so as I'm waiting on something, as I'm being told to not be afraid, as I'm stepping out, as I'm feeling that little twinge of, I don't want to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. As I'm feeling that twinge of, I feel like I'm supposed to be seen right now. You know what I mean? Like there are moments where I feel like I'm just chilling in the crib. I feel like I'm not posting for real. I'm not even on social for real. And if that's cool, I don't miss it. I don't feel missed. Like I just think it's, it's, what it is and it's content. This era is not that. I feel like I'm supposed to show up. There's a mandate on this moment for me to show up and it's for me and it's for other people. And this verse helps me to understand why it's so all who see may understand and they have a revelation about God and me. I'm seeing, right? I'm able to see how God going to move, how God going to do this thing. And so even myself, I'm able to have a better understanding of him, of how he loves, of how he moves, and what his glory really is about. And if I reject myself before I'm able to see it, what does that do to my faith? What does that do to my voice? What does that do to my purpose? What does that do to my calling? What does that do to how I show up for my friends, my family? What does that do for how I show up for my community? What does that do if I reject me before I allow myself to see what I'm supposed to see? We're all born for a reason. We are all here and planted for a purpose. And I actually re-looked up my middle name. I know what destiny means. It means fate. But I forgot what Renee stands for. That's my middle name. And so I looked it up. Renee means born again. It means born again. And so as I thought about that destiny, Renee, it was my fate to be born again. And so I thought, of course, just about in general, my salvation. It was like, okay, bet. I was always going to be one of God ones. You know what I mean? Like that was just destined to happen. But I started to think about this moment specifically, this year specifically, this month specifically, this brand. And there is supposed to be a new era. And when you think about birthing something, when you think about transitions, they're painful. They are full of just newness. There are going to be things that you don't know. There's going to be fragilities. If you think about a newborn baby, they don't know how to hold their head, right? And so there's going to be things that you need extra support on and some additional padding that's required. And that has been proven with my prayer time. I got to beat that thing up with my time my word, all of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then also being creatively fed, writing more, reading more, all of those things are the padding that I need because I am birthing new things in this moment. I'm seeing new things. And for those things to happen, to happen well, and for me to not be downcast by the new mama thing that I got going on, then I have to see it out and see it through to the best of my ability. God calls us and he calls us for a reason. And we don't stick around for the reason because we have rejected the notion that we're being used at all. We just decide we're doing things in a silly fashion. We just decide, oh, for some reason I picked this thing up. Oh, for some reason, XYZ, XYZ. It it robs us of the true point and it really starts to deteriorate everything that we hold dear, everything that we reason and rationalize with because 
we have decided something for ourselves. We're trying to play God. And there's no way that you can do that. And the newsletter that went out today, I compared it to that's a Raven. When Raven had a vision, when she had a little snippet of what was going to happen, she changed her entire day. Who she talked to at school, how she dressed, if she went to school or not, right? Sometimes she would go to an event or do X, Y, Z. And it was all because she saw a vision and she felt like to stop the vision from happening or to make it happen, that it was all on her. And as she held every piece of the cards in her hand, to change the reality that was to come. When we do that, y'all, we rob ourselves of what the moment is really supposed to be, what we're really supposed to grab along the journey. And we become too focused on the end. And the thing about the end that we think we see is we don't even have a full vision of what it is. And so when you gaze into the future, if you are blessed to have any type of foresight on what you want your life to amount to, what your personal mission is supposed to be, who you're supposed to partner with, what your side hustle is, what creative pursuit you're supposed to be going after right now, like whatever. If you have any thought on what it's supposed to look like, what we are supposed to get in the flow and the rhythm of doing is resurrendering that. Being like, all right, bet, I see that. I'm going to try to pull myself into alignment with this, but I'm not going to have it rule everything that I do. You want to pray about it. Make sure it's the right influence that you got in your head. You know what I'm saying? You want to not become a slave to the vision. You want to be a servant unto Christ and walk along the path day by day, step by step. And you will see that the vision is vaster than you thought. And the very thing that he allows you to see, you'll see it. You won't have to make it happen. It will happen as it's supposed to because he called and chose it for you. The power tool for today is to accept your acceptance letter. You are accepted by God already. He has not abandoned you. He has not rejected you. And you are where you're supposed to be. And so if you find yourself there, imagine you getting into school and then you're like, I'm good. And it's the best school in the world. It is the best place that you're supposed to be in, or it's that program that you apply to, or it's that fellowship you apply. You don't even have to apply. You just are gotten in because they know that what you produce, that what you make or how you show up is going to be so dope. They have to have you. God had to have you. And that is why the acceptance came before you did anything. And you say, I'm good. And you reject yourself. You take that acceptance letter and you decide that you aren't fit. You decide that you don't have purpose. You decide that you won't bear fruit. What does that say? And how does that impact the world? How is the world different because you decided not to show up? And so the power tool today is to accept the acceptance that you have and to stand in it for yourself. Sometimes we are truly projecting the rejection that we think we have received from other people when it really has come from us. And if you accept you, you who, who can't deny you? If God be for you, who be against you? And so stand in that power to 
day. I love you guys. Thank you as always for listening. We are doing this thing. If you haven't already, follow your girl on TikTok at Zest of Zest. You can also keep up with the podcast at Power and Pros Podcast on Instagram and my personal page at Zest of Zest on Instagram. Every Wednesday morning, be sure that you join us on Zoom for prayer. We come together. It's a look quick and dirty, honey, but it's just a way for us to be, continue to lift each other up and have a power boost to get throughout the week. A lot of people have Sundays, which is great. You have the weekends, which are cool. But then when you get to that midweek point, you start to feel it. And so the prayer calls is a way for us to recharge, to plug back in and finish each day that we are given on this earth as strong as we can. So if you have the opportunity, join us at 7 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday for a prayer call. You can also, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Pros and Praise Pages newsletter for a boost of inspiration, things that are happening in the Cool Kids Club, and be sure to keep up with me as I'm going about this journey on standing 10 toes down in my power and my pros. You can also email your girl back. Let me know what you are doing, what career pursuits you have, especially for my New York girlies. I'm trying to plan something for us to connect and meet up. So if you have a creative pursuit that you are going after, you want prayer about, or you just want to tell somebody because... You are also feel like me and you're kind of rejecting yourself before you even get started good. Shoot your girl an email. We got to stand in this thing together and I want to support you as best that I can in any way that I can. So I love you guys. Remember to profess your power and there's power in pros. Catch y'all next time. Bye.